This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Yossi Amin is the co-founder and CEO of Space Pharma an Israeli startup that has created a miniaturized microgravity lab technology that enables them to develop new drugs in space, which cannot be created on Earth. Avraham sat down with Yossi at the Space Farmer headquarters in Herzliya to discuss the challenges in space startups, how to raise money for startups, what makes Israel unique, tips for startup founders, and much more. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not enough to just have a great startup idea or innovation. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We keep your great innovations secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's J-M-B-D-A-V-I-S dot com. Yossi, thank you very much for, for coming and for, for inviting me to your company here. I'm in Herzliya in Israel at Space Pharma, and I got a little tour. And I have one word to say about this tour, which is wow. Uh, why wow? Because I saw something that's probably about as big as a shoebox. And this is something that's going to go into space, and it's going to be an independent laboratory. And it can do lots of different experiments in space in, in zero gravity. And there's someone, the astronaut is going to connect it to electricity. And people back on Earth are going to be controlling what's happening in this space station, in the, in the International Space Station, in ISS, what's happening with this mobile laboratory. And I think it's amazing. So to start off with, I just want to ask you, how is Space Pharma going to change the world? It is indeed uh, something which is already exists. I would like to recognize it as from science fiction to science fact, because we can have uh, the tools, the instruments, the technology remotely controlled, which can allow everyone on Earth to behave and react in orbit like he was there, but he is on Earth. So it, this is the beauty of the technology. We are going to change the world by the meaning of uh, providing the microgravity environment to everyone all over and to impact the research, the products, the therapeutics, which we believe are essential for humanity to exist on Earth. We are not looking right now for other destinations like the moon or even uh, uh, Mars. This is dedicated to support our life here on Earth. When I was growing up, I was fascinated with space. And my father, who has since passed away, but in the 80s or 90s, when I was a little kid, he sent in an application to NASA to become an astronaut. And he was a PhD chemist. And the idea was he was going to go in space and be a mission specialist and perform experiments in space. So that, that has been happening already for a long time. What's unique about what you're doing? The uniqueness that we were focused from the early beginning of the company is to shrink all the hardware, all the labware, currently exists in a regular Earth lab, uh, which is like, let's say, 50 square meter or 100 square meter with laborants, technicians, hoods, pipettes, uh, petri dishes, as well as uh, microscopes. Those are all now shrinked 
to fit this shoebox. And the reason to shrink it is to be able to lift up many as we can. And the cost to lift it up is going to be affordable. And by providing this little shoebox or high-end technology laboratory, we can provide the same research, although in a very delicate dimension. Another important thing, if we will be able to convince the governments, the regulator, to pay for the launches, which I think launch is equal highway, we can break the ceiling of research on Earth. And why is that? Because the hardware already developed, the NRE or the cost of the R&D is behind us, and it is very painful to pay the launch. But as automobile makers like BMW, Mercedes, Tesla are not paving the highways and the roads, Mm -hmm. they can sell cars. But if they had to pave the roads, they they wouldn't sell even a single car. What I'm trying to convince the government, and I, I have a nice success so far, is that the highways to orbit are the launches. And if humanity will get those for free or in a high subsidized manner, we will generate a huge ecosystem. We will hire more people, we'll pay taxes, and a huge, huge, huge technology industry will survive around Earth. Now, it is also a green industry. We are using the sunbeam, converted to current, there is no pollution, and we are going to do tremendous things. The only thing that we need is that government will consider launches as highways. That's very interesting what you're saying. In other words, we take for granted that we drive on roads and someone pays for the road or taxpayers pay for the roads right? as infrastructure. So you're saying that space is so important and research in space is so important that you want to allow companies to do this research in, in space at a lower price. And you're enabling them with that technology. If you can give the listeners an example of how one specific example of a finding that you've found about space-related technology and how can that improve life here on Earth? Recently, uh, using DDO3 that was launched by September 2020, we lifted up along with Shiba Telashomer, as well as Italian uh, uh, researcher, a bunch of bacteria to orbit. And those E. coli bacteria had to communicate with another community of bacteria. It's called conjugation. And we realize that while in orbit, there is no conjugation between, between bacteria. That means there is no transfer of data from one plasmid to another in order to prevent the new community to escape of the antibiotics. So if we can cut this communication channel, which is the conjugation, we can defeat and the next pandemic. So you're saying that you, this is a, a cure, a potential technology cure for antibiotic resistance. Absolutely. This is a significant achievement. Now we need to mimic it on Earth, but definitely we can control conjugation. Just by bringing bacteria into low gravity environment. Right. And you did this through your satellite, which I I saw a model of your satellite here, which is amazing. Also about a shoebox size satellite that was uh, sent up into space during the pandemic, during uh, 2020. Yes, and, and another technology that I think that uh, exists is the, that we can uh, do a drug disease modeling. We can uh, define lab on a chip or organ on a chip upon client specifications with few layers, reactions, and, and collection of, of uh, products. So to run the disease against AI pre-selected medicines plus 
at least four proteins, which are all liquid-based. And within our technology, we can let it react in orbit. Then we collect it into a bag and we produce many of these under the protein crystallization process, which is all known mm-hmm. uh, in the world, as you said, for many, many years, but no one did it in a droplet manner. And we are doing it remotely controlled within a droplet. And once those droplets uh, build in orbit, we bring it down and we are going to inject it directly to the body of the patient. So it's come out of the patient and coming back to the patient. Mm -hmm. But the process is in space. Very interesting. So let's step back a second and uh, view from, from above. What is the motivation for starting Space Pharma as a founder? How can you, what, what brought you to starting it? I, I believe that everyone should focus on his expertise. So if you know something, drill, keep your knowledge, and lead the market. I was served uh, the Israeli intelligence as the uh, satellite unit commander, and I know how to activate and operate satellites in orbit, although I never built a satellite. But I knew that there are liquids up there. Those liquids used to maneuver satellites for intelligence purposes. And then I thought to myself, if we can maneuver a big satellite of hundreds of kilos with tens of kilos of liquid, we can activate liquid in orbit. But those liquids are shouldn't be only oil. They can be hydrogen, which is the liquid used to maneuver satellite. And I plan to move droplets instead of liters. I met with some professors from NASA, from the Israeli Technion, and they told me, you know, it will work. But the problem is that it won't be lab on a chip. It's more as cheap on a lab. You need a lot of power to run a droplet. And even today, when you see a little lab on a chip in the lab, there is behind the big technology. But I told them that it doesn't fall within my understanding that there is a very significant singularity point where things are going and shrink, like the CPU. Mm-hmm. Biotechnology is shrinking. Lab on a chip it's a kind of shrinking the big lab into a small lab. And we have supercomputing. Adding to that, that we are moving from big satellites to CubeSats, which are one Q, it's one liter unit. I think that it is obvious that I'll be able to run droplets within a CubeSat. They were convinced, I must say. And I start my journey. And the journey was to build another layer of research outside of the atmosphere. And at the end, to build production units an industrial zone that will orbit Earth without touching Earth. Wow. So can you, can you address what your biggest challenge was as a founder of Space Pharma? As most founders uh, experience, the big challenge is to raise the money and to have 30 working hours a day. It's very, you, you must be obliged to your business, to your design, to your baby, which is the startup. So you need many, many hours. But apparently, the first uh, investor that we met signed up a check of $1 million. It was amazing. Wow. But at the end, he didn't brought the money. So it's kind of a failure or frustration. And it took me like uh, six more months to raise the money. And now we are hugged with investors, which I'm really happy to say. The space community, the new space technology the innovation that we are bringing, the tools, the instruments that we can provide to the scientists, the academia, and the open market are, are huge. And people like it. And I hope that this dream will, will not stop. And the next challenge is to bring it into a mini shuttles. 
everyone is going into space station like the ISS, commercial space station, which are the next generation of the ISS. But I believe that small satellites are not the right tools for space pharma domain. And we need more mini shuttles, kind of unmanned vehicles, space vehicles, that will exit the atmosphere, controlled from Earth, and come back, like space drones. And by that, we can generate more and more products in orbit, not only research. So this is still a big challenge. Those are not yet in the market, but I can tell you that at least 10 mini shuttles are on the design tables, maybe two or three already flown. And I believe this is going to be a huge, huge moment for us. So what we're talking about right now is doing research in space and very, very small quantities. But as we know, in the pharmaceutical industry, production requires large amounts of product. And if your processes depend on space and microgravity, how do you expect to reproduce that on Earth? First of all, there are three It's not really forces, but in space, there is no convection, dissemination, and shear forces. So I think the most important is not only the gravity. Mm -hmm. We also have uh, have microgravity. It's 10 by minus 6. This is the average uh, gravity where we are acting. And there is uh, radiation, Mm -hmm. cosmic radiation, which impacts all of our activity. So we are running the activity. We are measuring the solars in order to provide what was the measurement of the radiation during the experiment. And then molecules which are warm can exist nearby a cold molecules. And the, there is no transfer of heat, which is very, very important. It's a kind that you can hold an ice cream on top of a, an oven, and they will exist. And if you want to generate the reaction, you need to add power mm-hmm. to push it, take it out, And I think by that, you create a very unique environment of research that no one today understands that. There is no oxygen up there, right? Yeah. So we can lift up oxygen. There is no heat removal. So we need to treat how to remove the the heat. And those little things are impacting dramatically the molecules, the reactions, the peptides, the peptide self-assembly, the creation of whatever we would like to create. And... We need to start and teach those at the academies, the high schools, and the universities. Otherwise, people will not know what to achieve. I can tell you by speaking to many scientists so far, the expectation results that they wrote before going to orbit was dramatically different than the outcome from space. It's amazing. The outcome was better? Or you cannot tell different. if it's good or bad. It's different. And this different, it's the new science. Mm-hmm. And you think that there's potential for this in potential products that, are, uh, that can be scalable? Yes. The scalability can be done in few dimensions. We can get seeds from orbit, from a small molecule that cannot escape of gravity. Those are less than 500 Dalton. We lift those up. And in orbit, they kind of growing. Mm-hmm. When you bring those down, you can achieve two things. First of all, the seeds that you can seed for few more generation. And for each molecule, it's a different story. Mm-hmm. And second is the shape. Because if you can define a new shape, it's a new polymorph. So you can extend the pattern. So those two techniques are different, but can bring a lot of value 
to the clients. But from one gram of unique polymorphs from orbit, which we consider as seeds, we can generate in two generations, one kilogram. I see. But on Earth. On Earth, okay. So you had mentioned patents. How important is IP for Space Pharma? What role does IP play for you? First of all, it's very important because we still believe that IP to build and generate the value creation of the company. The IP is not only to apply or to register an IP based on the, the definition and so on, the claims. I think that the IP should go with the technology. So to survive the technology with the bar field, that no one will be able to get closer to your technology, so to be protected. Mm-hmm. And the other issue is the application based on the technology. So the applications are scientific, therapeutics, medical-oriented, medicine-oriented, which are more around the flow chemistry, tissue cultures, peptide self-assembly, those kinds. But the technology should allow you to generate this this, uh, uh, application or to activate the application. So two kinds of IPs belong to the company, hardware technology-oriented and application scientific-oriented. But at the end, it's a service plus a product. That's how we build it inside the company. It's not easy. We see more and more players in orbit. You can do everything in different shape or method. I don't know if there is a IP police in orbit. I believe that there is no one there. <laughs> if someone infringes so a patent be, in space, what yeah. happens, right? I don't know if, if you can enforce it, if you understand what I mean. It's up there. It, mm-hmm. It's going to stay there. Who is going to run after you? But at the end, if you want to define the value, it is still very important. And not only IP, also insurance that we provide to the clients. I don't know if someone has provided insurance. We have an insurance premium policy that if uh, the system will not behave appropriately, you can get your money back or another free trial. And Mm -hmm. we are the only one as far as I know. Let me ask you, what advice do you have for startup founders? It's a good question. I, I don't believe that each startup is similar to another because there are many fields of startups Today in Israel, there is a lot of cyber, AI, autonomous mobility. So it's different. But I think that to be able to build the A-team, which are the initial teaming arrangements, the HR of the group, is it is essential. And then to define the right language between the group, because if you try to merge or to fuse technologies like pharma and space, I can tell you that I had four PhDs, brilliant. Everyone was brilliant. We were very good friends even. But the language, we couldn't build the language, the vocabulary that we can communicate on the new technology. And one day I was really frustrated. How can I continue if we didn't build the language? You know, it's the basic because we're building something new. And when I woke up, I decided to say thank you to all of those four because they couldn't define the language. So you need to have people that are multidisciplinary, that understand the language of a lot of different fields coming together. Yeah, and, and we'll be able to adopt it, to change their language, mm-hmm. to, to adopt the new language. It's like the Torah, right? Everyone can understand the same, but interpret it differently. Right, 70 different interpretations right. for every verse. But yes, yes. And you cannot have a kind of conversation around the table and everyone is trying to convince the other which is the right language. There is no right language. So I wanted to ask you also, you're located here in Israel, in Herzliya. Why Israel? What's unique about Israel? 
we are not a space superpower as far as I know. We're not in the U.S. We don't have NASA. What's unique about Israel that made you decide to start up here? For space, I think we are still very young and immature, if you ask me. The government is trying to do, but it's not enough compared to, I heard uh, this week that there is Cassini, a new venture of Europe with 1 billion euro. There are much more in the United States, Japan, China. But Israel, it's a very tiny geographical region with a lot of experience of recovering or coping with situation. I think it's because of wars in the past and many operations that we had, the army. We had to collect a lot of data to understand it fast and to define remedies for situations. And I think that defined a very important ecosystem that people can uh, build a very unique teaming for, for a need. And I had some discussions with European and, and US people who asked me, how come you are so, although we are not a super space superpower, we have a lot of assets in orbit, which cannot be replicated in any other country. And I told them, I think it's because we have many clashes and wars. And yeah. they asked me, so you believe Europe need to have a war? <laughs> I told him, I don't recommend to have a war, but if it must happen or it's happened, you need how to survive with limited resources, with a lot of support to each other to keep the community alive means the population and the protection and the life. And Israel can provide all of this. I must say that I have many employees which are Jewish religious. And sometimes I'm asking them, do you think it's okay what we are doing? Can we do that? Is it kosher? Is it allowed? And I think it's bringing new enthusiasm to the discussion to solve to solve a problem. We have people here from which which are not Jewish, but we have also religious, and we have Israelis from the army, not from the army. And I think we have a very unique, non-homogeneous, by the way, mm-hmm. cultures and personalities and and people that can make it happen. That's what I can say. Okay, great. Thank you very much for this interview. I feel like we we covered a lot and we gave a lot of ideas for startup founders, but I think most importantly, what you're doing is revolutionary and no one else is doing anything similar. And for me, that was important to hear and I'm glad that I was able to sit down and talk with you today. Thank you very much, Abraham. I think you're doing a great job and you're welcome to cover us from time to time. That was Yossi Yamin, the co-founder and CEO of Space Pharma. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. Do you have a great innovation or startup idea? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by going to our website, jmbdavis.com. And if you go to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup, you'll see we have a special site specifically made for startups to help startups protect their innovations. Please be in touch with us and find out how we can help you. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode.